All right, friends, welcome back. Nick, sometime I'm going to let you do the, the opening. I've, I've done it every single time, but you have, that's a, that's a trademark. You know how some shows have those fancy, expensive intros. Yeah. You're this our is, fancy, expensive. This intro. is Jeopardy. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever it is. It's the, yeah. You know what we need though, is we need somebody else to do the intro. We'll just have it like on a pre-recorded thing. Somebody like go. with an accent, you know, like people have like somebody with like an Australian accent or something like that that makes it sound <laughs> makes it sound like we're like you know more fancy than we are, you know. And I love like it. This beginning, and then it's just these two guys that are you know that are just here uh, here talking. So we're back. We're in Colossians chapter three still in this uh, ongoing uh, series here as we're trying to connect these dots through this book. And we were just we were just talking before we came on about how important it is that we. We keep the context, you know, that's such a big, important part of Bible study. And Nick, you know, proof texting is the opposite of keeping context, right? When we just look for our verse and we make it say whatever we want it to say, and uh, we miss, we, we, we miss the point. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and it, it matters so much. And again, we've talked about these letters and the fact that that's what they were. They were letters written for a particular purpose at a particular time. And to a degree that purpose defines the um, very relevant reason that they're still pertinent to us today, but you still have to understand that context of right. where it came from to understand the actual message. So oftentimes what we find is people read, read scripture in a very literal way without framing it at all. And it leads them to a wrong conclusion. Yeah. Like we, so like, like we spent some time in first Timothy and we saw that, right? If you don't know that one of the, the things that shapes the whole letter of false, of false, I'm getting ahead of myself. First Timothy is false teachers. Then, then you, you're going to just think he's just throwing out random principles into the air. No, he, you know, he's dealing with this major problem of false teaching. Right. And that shapes first Timothy. Now Colossians is a little bit different and it's a little bit more applicable for that reason where he really seems to have this theme uh, here in Colossians, where he wants these these believers, this church, these people who have professed faith in Christ, he wants them to latch on to Christ and just grow like crazy. And so this, you know, this letter in that regard has maybe a, a bit less of that background to really wade through. It's still there. It's always right. there. Right. But it's not. But sometimes it's like, whoa. Like, what's going on here? We have to like really get our hand, hands on this. So this letter, I think. There's there's a little bit less of that, um, and and so for that reason, you know, we can get to the application a little bit quicker here in Colossians, which is with people people like that, you know. <laughs> it's, and, it's and, and when we when we get to the latter part of what we're going to talk about today, that context again, I think, is going to matter. Um, as a matter of fact, maybe even a broader context of um, the the uh, I was going to say the Jewish society for sure, but. The, what was going on in the world at that time. So I'll, I'll just let you go ahead and read. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Everything we could talk about for a long time. Right. So let's, um, let's just read more, more quickly through this chapter that we started with last week, just because we, we again, we want to have this context always in our, in our minds. Um, that we're not just looking at single verses. We're looking at what's going on here. Of course we could read the whole letter every time. We're not going to do that. Uh, so Colossians three, one, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. Mm. But to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another. And just to kind of put a little bit of a pause there, because um, I want to spend a couple more minutes in maybe in this section, um, in the overlap. Uh, so we, we kind of moved from this, really this foundational stuff. And, and, and Nick, I just want to continue to encourage people to really dwell in those first, you know, three, three or four, uh, five verses, because man, that's significant stuff, right? That that's the stuff that we talked about. So again, and, and if you didn't catch last week's go back there, cause that's what we spend most of our time there. They're talking about, um, so you, you, you have to realize these spiritual realities, but then he says, but now you got to do, so, do something with it. Let it work its way into the way that you live your life, the things that you pursue, the things that you reject in your life. But now we're also moving further to community life. Mm. This is, this is always God's, uh, God's heart, right? This is like the, the, the 10 commandments, you know, the first bit is about primarily about us and God. And then the rest of it's about us and each other. So that's not going to, that's not going to change. God's always going to care about the way that we interact with one another. Right. And uh, particularly, maybe as we'll see here, the way that we interact with one another in the community of faith, that's really not negotiable. Yeah, because how we interact with one another testifies to our belief in God itself. So that's, we'll, we'll get into that a little more deeply, right. but you know, yeah. it really does matter how you treat other people. Right. So as we pick up in verse nine, uh, again, overlapping a little bit with last week, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and knowledge in the image of its creator. That's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> um, so we're, we're, uh, we're understanding more of what it means to be made in the image of God. Like we, right. we all are, but we all don't understand what that means. Uh, and also Nick, one of the things that happens with other people is that we don't fully see the image of God in others. That's the history of racism and, misogyny and things like that. You know, we see right. other people as being less fully whatever than we are. Right. We're sometimes taught that when we, when we go to war, these people are whatever they're, they're less than fully human. Um, and so as we, as we come to know God better, we understand that we see other people more clearly maybe than we did before. So then verse 11, uh, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. Scythians, that, that's one of the things that's uh, part of the, the, the past and the context and stuff. Um, slave and free, but Christ is, is all and is in all. So these, these things that would separate people. Right. I guess is, is the, you could say, is the major point, right? You're either this or that. Um, and Paul says, in Christ, you're, you're all putting on the same garment. So it's, it, it's not uniformity. I mean, they all knew that they were, you know, Jewish or Gentiles and, you know, men and women. You don't cease to be male or female because when you become a Christian. But the things that divide us in the way that we treat people differently, that all gets 
supposed to get kind of right erased. Yeah, and, and and if you if you really delve into the idea of this image of God, right? So, um, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Again, it's it's always the image of God. When we, you know, this this passage started out with our lives are now hidden in Christ, right? So again, you can see me, but what you should see coming out of me is Jesus, right? You should see me being transformed into the image of Christ. You know, we're being renewed in the image of the creator. Um, when they say, as you said, not Greek or Jew, yeah, you still see Greek and Jew, but in reality, it's this is a very strong message saying, no, we're all Christ-like now. We are all hidden Um how we live, how we treat each other, how we view each other. Um, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ at this moment. And so there's a heavy understanding and, and context that goes with this where people need to understand there's transformation that takes place. And not only do we have to be transformed, we have to also have to respect the transformation in other people. Um, right. and, and again, we're going to get into this, as you said, as we start to break it down about how we treat others. Um, too often the influence of our our cultures of our societies, which are very different in each country, but our culture dictates how we treat one another. When in fact, scripture should dictate how we treat other people. And, right. and again, we'll get into this, but yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, so verse 12, uh, therefore, again, <laughs> the, that's significant. This is always flowing. It's all flowing out of the same thing. Therefore, because of that, because of our, our, our died to ourselves, because of our hiddenness with Christ, um, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. We talked some on Tuesday, Nick, about identity. Look, folks, watch in Scripture for these I identity statements. How are we to think about ourselves? Here's here's one of those right now, because right, Nick, the, the way that we think, the way that we think about ourselves, the way that God thinks about us, is intended to shape the way that we live. Right. If you're if you're God's people, holy and dearly loved, then you're going to want to act like God wants us to act, right? We're going to want right. to act like Christ, um, as go, as God's chosen people, holy uh, and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. <laughs> This is this is one some people maybe need to reflect on. Maybe I do sometimes too, right? Uh, bear with one another. Do you have a different translation there pulled up on that? Uh, that seems yeah. like it could show up differently. Bearing with one another. And okay. if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Dan, is this, is this only, does, does this passage only relate to places where that's easy to do, or does that does sure, that yeah. re does that relate to every every situation? Only on Sundays for <laughs> two hours. <laughs> Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone, so mm -hmm. yeah, so he, uh, I mean, he's not just writing this because you know, hey guys, here's something that's never going to happen, but let me just throw it out there just in case, right? You know, he he knows that we have we have issues with each other, and especially as in that list of people with differences, you know, when we come together, we're going to misunderstand each other. We're going to offend each other, sometimes unintentionally. Sometimes we're, gonna, we're having a bad moment and we step outside of this character of Christ and we do and say things that's, that causes offense. Um, 
you know, there's going to be, there's going to, things are going to come up just like in our own individual lives. Temptation is going to come up. What we do with it uh, matters as we're, as we think about, you know, Christ, Christ likeness. And again, I'm going to push back on anybody who who thinks there's limits to what this passage says and say, look, it, if you understand the depth of the gift that God gave us when we before when we were unworthy of the gift, he gave it to us when we were basically lashing out when we were that people in the crowd at Christ's crucifixion, um, screaming and spitting and throwing. And, you know, like when, when you think about it, um, you know, when you, when you think about the, the comprehensive gift that God gave before he asked anything, then you start to understand what this passage means. So when that person wrongs you, you absolutely have an obligation under scripture to forgive that person. Now, I don't say that lightheartedly. Sometimes we have to work through that. Our human nature comes out and it's like, we're hurt. We got to get past that. But at the end of the day, your focus, you may not be able to do that today, but your focus needs to be on doing that eventually because that's what we're called to. That's the standard, right? You know, it's not like, well, I'll love that person, but I'm not going to love that person. No, that's not the standard. And so the scripture is again, so good because it reminds us that our, our goal is to, to be generous with our forgiveness, to, um, to be generous with our grace and our mercy and our love and our empathy. It's really, I mean, it's really not negotiable and, and it's not, I, I can't even say kind of, I mean, this is, this is right in the Lord, the Lord's prayer, you know, teach us how to play, pray, forgive us our sins or trespasses. That's whatever, as we forgive those who against us. Right. And then in, 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 uh, Matthew's account, he follows it right up by saying, Jesus says, uh, for if you don't forgive them, God's not going to forgive you. Right. I mean, that's one of the, woo. So. And it's what, consistent. A lot of times what we do is we say, well, that's hard. How do you do it? Well, you, you can't do it unless you understand that your life is hidden with Christ, right. that you died, right? Right. And your old, your old self. <laughs> and I think, Nick, part of the problem is that we're trying to navigate the commands of Christ without the life of Christ flowing through us. Right. And that doesn't work. We, we know that doesn't work because most of us have kind of tried it. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. it's funny, Dan, the conversation we had on Tuesday, I think it was on Tuesday. It might've been last week, but, um, I have been dwelling on something actually that I said even, and, and it's, it's this idea where understanding, understanding scripture, scripture's not really open to that much interpretation. It is very, very clear. It is consistent in theme, you know, you know, forgiveness is forgiveness. It's there, there's just, yeah. there's certain things that are absolutely clear where it becomes in unclear or where we are left open for interpretation often has more to do with us. Well, that can't possibly mean what it says, or I'm not comfortable with what that says. And, and so where it gets really gray, isn't so much in what it says, where it gets gray is how we choose to follow or not follow it. I think here's, here's a thought to kind of throw out there. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I want to disagree just a little bit. <laughs> here's the thing. I think Isn't that, that why we're here. I think that it's harder. <laughs> well, if it is, we should have got home a long time ago because we basically agree most of the time. Um, <laughs> I, I think the things that are, the things that are harder to interpret, to, to, things are harder to get to one interpretation on are the things oftentimes that are peripheral to the main, the, the main things that are eat, that are 
easy that are that are clear because the main things I think are clear. We sort of put those aside and then we focus on the things that are a little bit less clear and we and we argue and debate about them. Where I think part of what we've been doing this whole podcast is saying, no, let's stay on the main track. Let's put a spotlight on the things that are the main things that are clear and say, are we walking in these ways? Hmm. Because that's the that's the question mark, not what Jesus says. It's it's are we following him? Right. You know, there's, there's other things like, you know, exactly how I don't know, I'm not going to give a bunch of examples, but, you know, try to we, we try to figure out exactly how all these little things kind of work out. Uh, all the details of eschatology and things like that. We put our focus on that and, you know, we can spend a lot of time doing that, um, which I guess we can do if, if we're really on track with the main things, but I don't think we're on track enough with the main things to spend a lot of time with those side things. Yeah. And, and I would agree with you too. It's, it's, you know, even, yeah. even what we have read today, um, this passage earlier, the, the, um, up at 11, um, where it says no Greek, no Jew, no, no, um, this is, I keep wanting to say no male, female, that's not this passage, that's, but that's Galatians. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea being that in Christ, we no longer look at the outward appearance. We look at the heart. We look at the inward appearance. We looked at the gifts, the image of God. Well, and, and yeah. the gifts like God has in, empowered each one of us with certain gifts. Um, and that's what defines what we can do you know, not a whole lot of other things. Um, scripture's consistent in how we view the difference between the community inside the gathering inside the church and those outside the church. Scripture's very clear about that. And yet so many churches spend time criticizing what goes on outside. Right. And, and yet that's counter to scripture. There's just so many places where it is clear. And, um, I'd, I'd like to maybe have a discussion maybe one day on what, what you said about the, the, the things that are central core that we can agree on and things that aren't, because sometimes it's those things that people throw in that disagreement category, like how you treat sinners outside of the church. Right. Yeah. That's not what I meant, but. Well, no, I didn't think it was. That's you, know. you would shock me if that's, was that your opinion? You know, exactly. How do <laughs> you know, exactly. How does God's sovereignty and human choice, you know, precisely kind of, you know, interchange and, and that kind of stuff, you know, I mean, there's a lot of just issues that we don't, we don't have to figure out. I, the, the, the point is that the things that basically Christ has commanded us into are, are, are clear, right? It's the things that we're just kind of, we're trying to kind of figure out intellectually that maybe is a little bit harder, but it's not like we don't have to figure those things out to live our lives, to, to, to obey, obey Jesus. You yeah. know, that's the, that's the thing. So, uh, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So that's a, he, again, he roots us in this. It's not just like, uh, you know, it's not, uh, do as I say, not as I do. It's God. He just do as I do. <laughs> Jesus right. says, right. Follow me. Paul says this, right. W watch the way that I live and live like that. And we need to be prepared. We've talked about this a lot, right? We, we need to get our lives to a place of integrity where we can say, walk with me and uh follow my example right you know and, and and part of that is admitting when we screw up <laughs> admitting when we fall short it's not about perfection but it's about maturity um and verse 14 uh, over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity hmm. uh right love is uh is it's it's essential uh, which is an it's an understatement i can't can't say enough about how important 
love is, but again, he's not just talking about love for God here, which is what we tend to talk about. I think he's talking about love for one another, right? In the context that he's talking about here, mm-hmm. right? Specifically, forgiveness, bearing with, forgive, you know, forgiving, uh, loving each other. Uh, you know, Jesus says in uh, John's gospel, by this, everybody will know that you're my disciples if you love each other. If we don't love each other, we got a problem. Right. Uh, okay. So now, now we're into our kind of fresh material here for this week. Do you want to, uh, verse like 15 or so? Do you, do you want to read a little bit? I'm going to keep going. Sure. I'll go. I, I have my head turned away from the mic though, as I read. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay, good. Uh, Man. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Mm. Um, so this is uh, this is like an imperative, right? Let he say he's saying do this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So are there are there Christians, Nick, who don't let the peace of Christ rule in their hearts? Sure. How do you know? How do you know when that when does it show up? Well, I think it shows up in the fruit of what they put out. I mean, you know, I, I want to be careful how I say it, simply because I don't want it to come across as as any sort of a uh, a criticism or an absolute. But there's a certain reality that when you set your sights on the things of God's kingdom, the spiritual realm of of the things that Christ taught all of a sudden the chaos around us becomes less important and the peace of Christ comes through with the fact that you start to understand, you know, um, whoever wins the presidency, it, it really doesn't affect the peace in my heart. Right. I'm not going to get sucked into that. Um, if COVID continues to go on for another year, I know my role is to serve others and I still have peace in my heart that that's not going to affect me because I'm looking at a bigger thing. And all that is, is just Christ telling me, Hey, there's people out there to serve. You know, I'm trying to put some, yeah, maybe some practical spin on it, but it's like this idea of the peace of Christ is look, he died for me. I have the blessings of my salvation. I am attempting to grow more sanctified, you know, sanctified every day, more like, I've got that. What more could I want? And that's where my peace comes from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it, it almost goes back to the beginning of this chapter again. Um, how, you know, how do you let the peace of Christ rule in your heart? Once you go back and you reflect on these deeper, rea- the deeper realities of who you are, you know, in Christ, that hidden life with Christ, you're, you're, you're raised with him. You died to your old self. Uh, Cause if you're still trying to fight for, your own stuff and your own ego and your own w- will and way and all that. There is you're no not going to be at peace. Right. right. There is no peace. So and much of the lack of our peace, Nick, is because we're trying to control. We're trying to control people. We're trying to control situations around us that are beyond our control. And when you try to do that, you're not ever going to have peace. Right. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it, like, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. But he, here's the thing. 
This isn't about categorizing people. You have peace. You don't have peace. I mean, that's maybe part of it. But I'm talking about you and me and everybody that's here because we can, you know, we can maybe, maybe we wake up in the morning before anything happens and we just kind of lay in bed and we're praying or reading scripture and you just feel that sense of peace. But then you step out of bed into the day and you start getting calls and your kids are screaming and your, you know, your, your car's getting inspected and it's $1,800 and all this stuff. And then it's, then it's out the window. Right. Or maybe, or some people, they think, you know, when we gather together on a Sunday morning, there's a sense of peace that's, you know, that's there and that's great. But then you leave and it's back to the real world. And then you're fighting on the way home and your kids are yelling at each other because they want to go different places for dinner or I mean, that's never happened to me, but, um, okay. So let the peace of Christ, let <laughs> I was, I was waiting for more thought. <laughs> you want me to just keep confessing? I don't want to cut you off. <laughs> but um, it is, Dan, it's that understanding of setting your sights on, on things above and not things here. Right. I mean, yeah. Chaos is going to happen. Yeah. There are going to be times where you're worried about how you're going to pay your light bill. You know, yeah. you're, you're worried about times where, how you're going to feed your family. And, you know, where you turn in those moments matters because if you turn to anything but Jesus Christ, you're going to be like, oh, uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But what Christ does is reset your sights on things that matter and go, look, you know, I know there's a solution out there. I'm going to find it. I, you know, there's, there's this, you're always looking at God promised he was going to take care of me. I'm going to figure out what that means. And I've always said now, again, in my life, if that means he wants me in a tent down by the river, I always joke about that. You know, if I'm the homeless guy down by the river, my responsibility is to still find that peace in Christ and figure out why he wants me um, sharing his witness to the people who are homeless around me or whatever it is. It, it, it's a completely different sense of, of um, contentment, maybe, yeah. you know, it goes back to Paul's message when he's in prison. Do you think he was happy about being in prison? Well, in fact, he rejoiced because he, yeah. probably changed the life of a lot of, of, of the jailers, right? He, yeah. he, it's not that he was happy being in prison, but as he sets his sights on things above, he takes advantage of being in prison to do what God yeah. called him to do. Yeah. I mean, you, you think I've been, uh, in Acts, was it, is it Paul and Silas and they're in prison there and they're singing, they're singing hymns sitting in prison. Right. You know, I mean, there's Nick, the, uh, the, uh, underground church in China has, they, they've, they've typically in the past and I'm present, maybe to a certain extent, been, been sent to jail because of aspects of their faith. And that for them is like seminary. They, they're all in there. So they teach each other about Jesus and uh, come out stronger, you know, and that's like, right. that's what the kingdom of God can do. It, it, it turns upside down the ways of the world, you know, just like we looked at in, back in chapter two, where, you know, the, the powers of evil and death in this world thought that they were taking care of Jesus on the cross. And meanwhile, in the midst of it, it's totally subversive. Right. And God, God is doing, wants to do that subversive work in our lives. And uh, sometimes we just resist it. <laughs> and uh, it's not a well, good and, idea. But And Dan, the, the bottom line is that as long as we continue, focus, continue to focus our attention on things of the world, we're just we're never going to really receive the full gift. I mean, we're just not, we're not going to get to that piece of Jesus Christ because, you know, he tells us specifically, stop worrying about that. Turn your attention to these things. These things are important. And as we focus on the world, instead of the things that he tells us are important, we're not reading all of scripture. 
Yeah. We're literally ignoring large portions of scripture because we're not going to spend our time there. And and we're only robbing ourselves absolutely of, of the peace and the joy and the and the deeper connection. Absolutely right. You know, because like like what Paul said again, it sounds crazy to us that you know he rejoiced in afflictions because if he felt like it drew him closer to Christ. Um, you know, in the in the midst of that, so it's uh, you know we we still have a, a ways to go. But as we talk about this uh, here in verse fifteen and following, um where he's moving uh, again into this communal aspect, it, you know, it, it occurs to me that if we don't, if we don't have uh, the sense of peace ourselves, we're kind of just setting ourselves up for conflicts, you know, and, and we all know that in, in the body of Christ, in, in, in the church, uh, we can have some big conflicts still. And some of that, I think if we were to think, think it through some of the things that maybe we've seen or been involved with a lot of times, Really, it's people walking into stuff without that sense of peace with them. Right. We still have our, our our ego, or I was offended, or I was, and it's not like we need to just totally brush that stuff off. But we need to work. We need to back up in those verses we were just in. We need to forgive. We need to work through it. We need to reconcile together and continue to kind of to kind of go deeper, right? Yeah, because how how many people are holding on to grudges, holding on to hurts? holding on to, to, to deep-seated anger towards others who have, have wronged them. Um, and then you go to this passage and you go, no, no, you don't have, in the kingdom, you don't have the right to hold on to those things. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that, I'm not saying you just foolishly release them when they're still there. I'm simply saying, whatever it takes to work your way through them, we have an obligation to do that. Yeah, And that's part of maybe the sanctification process of growing more Christ-like right? Yeah. We, we realize that we're not there. We repent of that. And we, we strive to find people around us who can help us walk the walk so that at some point we can give up whatever that we're holding on to. And right. that releases us and frees us into that peace. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it's realizing that God's kingdom is a place of reconciliation. It's a place right. of new creation. At the very so foundation, right? If we, if we refuse to do that, then we're not we're stepping outside of the kingdom in that regard, you know, in that regard, uh, anyway. So, okay. And be thankful. <laughs> he says, um, being thankful is part of the fruit of, um, right. Of this, of this connection with, with, with Christ. Um, but let's talk about for a few minutes, this, um, uh, verse, uh, verse 16 here, mm-hmm. yeah, let the, one. let the message of, again, it's, just, it's this kind of directives towards them and us here. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a collective sense here now again, right? As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through Psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Mm. Um, this is an interesting, um, interesting directive, Nick, as he talks about their collective, their, their gatherings, right? Right. Their, their life together. Um, anything in particular pop out to you kind of initially in this uh, verse? I have a lot of things I can say. Well, yeah. I mean, again, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Again, there's that word wisdom. When he, remember when he prayed for them, he prayed that they would have wisdom and discernment. Um, this idea being with, with everything that you do, even as you're praising in your songs and Psalms and stuff, 
um, you know, it, it's still by the wisdom of God, the will of God. It's it's staying within Scripture. Um, this is very deliberate. I, I believe it's a very deliberate statement of being in God's presence and getting to know Him better. Who does it say does the teaching and the admonishing? Yeah. Yeah, the word the the word of Christ. Yeah, but who? Right. Well, that's but, the, that's the content. Right. Let the mess. Let the message of Christ, the word of Christ, dwell among you richly as you. Who's the you? Teach and admonish one another. Right. The body. Yeah, it's not. What are you looking for Dan. I'm a little lost. What are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, what I'm looking for is the clear teaching, the the one interpretation of this scripture. I feel like you're fishing for my my interpretation. Uh, it, it's it's totally one another, right? It's not. Oh, hey, um, now side note, uh, where's your pastor? I got something to say to him about what he's gonna. There's, oh. there's not a single thing here mentioned, Nick, about any. Any one person being in a unique role, Dan. In, what I'm tracking with you now. Now I'm on board with you, brother. Okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe we have different interpretations of the one truth. No, I just didn't. I, I, I was looking a, for the point. The point, you know, collective, being, right? There's, right? There's this collective thing here, yeah. Um, that's supposed to be the reality, and that's not, you know, if we're honest, that's often not reflective in what we do. Uh, and I'm and I'm talking totally self-confessing here as well too. Um, you know, our gatherings. I mean, we we do the singing and stuff, but it tends not to be maybe as participatory a lot of times as it seems like what maybe he has in mind here. And and again, if if I need to clarify what I've said in terms of you know, I said it's 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 this inherent notion of growing closer to Christ, being in Christ's presence. Um, it, I'm going to go one step further because a lot of people talk about us gathering, you know, don't give up the gathering. And, and in, in our minds too often, when we talk about worship, we think about modern day worship. We think about praise bands. We think about, you know, even hymns and organs and, and, and choirs and all that. But scripture would depict true worship in a different way. It's, it's the gathering of all believers. Like you said, there's nothing that says the pastor is the one responsible for the teaching. There's a, there's this common, um, admonishment and teaching that comes along the gathering truly is the priesthood of all believers coming together to celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ, right. the relationship that we have each one bringing strengths and, and passions to the table. So in reality, I would argue that what we have today on Sunday mornings in a lot of churches doesn't really fulfill what this is talking about. There's a gathering concept here that maybe is a bit deeper than what a lot of people are exposed to. Not that not that those Sunday morning gatherings aren't wonderful, but but sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if somebody can walk into a rich environment and and only put their toe in the shallow water. Yeah. And, and and what I mean by that is somebody had again discipleship. Somebody's got to walk alongside them to say, hey, you got your toe in the water, but let me let me explain to you. You got to get a little bit deeper in here right? You have a responsibility to the body. You have a responsibility, certainly to the King, yeah. um, to bear witness to his name. And, and that doesn't happen just by putting your toe in the water. And, and so that's, uh, you know, that environment, how you, how you create that gathering, um, sort of the, the, the rules of that gathering, if you will, should match the rules laid out in scripture. 
Yeah. And even, you know, this type of environment, and you've got to keep in mind, Nick, too, these are, these are small gatherings. These are house churches. And this, right. era, this is what, you know, what, what, what we talk about in our terms today is like micro church or something like that. These are not groups of even 50, probably even uh, definitely not a hundred, definitely not 500. No way. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't do this in that group. And so that's why, you know, in larger context we have to have smaller context as well too and even in those smaller contexts nick i'm talking about like a home group or a bible study or a sunday school whatever that that more manageable size even there how often is it that we just have one teacher or one right. facilitator right doing, this, doing the same thing just around a circle instead of in rows and that's not it either i really think we need to have I mean, what you said earlier, absolutely. We need to have people walking alongside each each other and really, but even I think this had, had a level of intimacy there, that there was this mutual sharing. You couldn't just sit there and get lost probably right. in those churches. And, and and think about it. It's We're not even saying that everybody needs to be a, a teacher in some sort of a generic sense, right? Because there's some of us, some of us right. just aren't comfortable being in front of the group. Yeah. I mean, right? teaching is a gift, um, but, but here's one level, you know. Yeah, but here's the thing that, you know, if you are someone who's very uncomfortable with being in front of the group teaching, and, and I'm not sure what your personality type is, but your gifts expose your understanding in a way that somebody else who may be a great teacher doesn't see, right? So there, there's every, we all have blind spots. And Dan, you're going to fill in my blind spots. You're going to see things differently and teach me and admonish me in certain areas. I'm right. going to do the same for you. We, no matter who we are, whether we're comfortable being in front of the group or not, doesn't really matter. We do bring a perspective of scripture to the table, right? Just based on how God has created you, how God has gifted you. Um, you know, when, when we get into the APES gifts, if you will, there's no question that, um, and I don't want to get into a definition of all these things, but there's no question that apostles look at the world differently from evangelists. They look at the world differently than shepherds that, you know, yeah. And not that they're wrong. They just right. bring different perspective to the table. So, yeah. and, and when we're doing this, right, when we're, when we're truly in that sense of gathering as a family, when we're all coming to the table, having read the scriptures and celebrating, you know, and, and, and explaining aspects of scripture that maybe others didn't understand, we're all teaching each other up. Yeah. And that's the gathering. Yeah. It's not passive. It's not coming to yeah. listen to the preacher. It's right. coming to participate in the process. Yeah. And even the, and it's not all, it's not all teaching or knowing here, right? Right in this, right in the scripture. Um, this is, again, this is kind of this way outside of our normal zone, right? Um, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom uh, through Psalms, hymns and songs from the spirit. So some people, I, what I gather from this is that some people's contributions is, is going to be maybe uh, remembering or being reminded of a psalm. Perhaps he's talking about you know the psalms, the Old Testament psalms here. Maybe right. some people will uh, will have songs to contribute. Maybe some people's contribution will be a, a, an original song that the Spirit led them to compose um, in a moment. So it's not it's not just all. Uh, didactic, you know, teaching content either. There's various aspects to the gathering and that can be powerful. Absolutely. I mean, have you been, ever been sitting in a context of something and where we could even be teaching about something or doing a Bible study and, um, and, and, and God brings a song, a praise song or a hymn lyric or something to somebody's mind and they just start singing it and it's perfect. Right. For that moment. I mean, that's when, uh, you know, the word turns into doxology. 
and we're just thinking about the truth of, of Scripture and who we are in Christ, and we just have to sing because it's so powerful. You know, those kind of gatherings um, are probably more transformational than us doing uh, pre-planned everything and, you know. So I don't know. It's just some stuff to wrestle with here. Actually, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this too. Cause it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny. I don't know if you thought it was funny, but I, I think it's kind of funny. So, uh, you know, we do a lot of talking about various books. Actually, Dan does a lot of talking about various books on this. I don't read as much as Dan does. Um, but Dan and I are in, in the, in the process of reading a book right now. And so yesterday morning <laughs> I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I start reading. I do not. So, so <laughs> my wife actually warned me. It's like, you probably shouldn't be sending those texts at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, but I'm reading this passage in the book and I'm, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm, I'm hearing the words of an author who's filling spaces of my lack of knowledge in and connecting things, old Testament to new Testament. And I'm literally sitting there getting excited so much so that I need to share that with an, another <laughs> brother. Like yeah. I'm like, and, and so that's another aspect of community. It's like, it's not just about Sunday morning. It's every day. And all of a sudden I find myself sending 10 texts to Dan about this book before seven o'clock in the morning. That's part of the, that's part of this, right? It's yeah. getting excited about what God's sharing with you in any particular moment and being able to turn to someone and say, did you see this? This is awesome. And we, and, and we should be, what that does is it sets up an, uh, an environment uh, or an ethos of, of learning and, you know, growing and stuff. And so, and so after a while, if, if a person was somebody that they were never sharing anything or they were never reading or learning or growing anything, they would feel sort of out of sorts. Well, well, wait a minute. What Nick's always excited about what he's learned about and growing. And I'm here, I am just watching uh, some sitcoms on TV or something, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what we want. It's, I mean, that passion is, is contagious in a sense, right? Yeah. It makes, it makes you excited. You want like when you, when we, when we share something that's in the word or we, you know, we're talking, we're sitting around in a group, you, just you and I are doing this and we're, you know, you think of this one other scripture and I think of this one thing that you, you hadn't thought of and you think of the one I hadn't thought of. And then we're just, we're amazed at how God is working and bringing things together. Um, and we're, and we're, we're thankful because each other reminds us of things that we didn't think of or didn't forget, you know, or whatever. And it just becomes so cool. Um, and that, and that's a celebration and that's worship. Yeah. That's and that, the gathering. And that is worship because that, because that glorifies God. Yes. Right. When, when we're, when we're, you know, back to the beginning, set your, set your heart, set your desires, set your minds on, on Christ. These things, uh, hopefully, and hopefully when people watch or listen to this, Nick, it's helping to set their minds and, and hearts and thoughts on Christ as well too. And what, what more does it give him give him praise to do when we do that? Yeah. You know, I mean, we can we can sing a song lyric, and that's great. Um, but when our hearts align to it, or when the truths just make us burst out in these in this praise, um, I just think it really probably pleases God quite a bit. Yeah, and and, and the really cool thing about this book is, you know, the, the author is really making the case that one thing that God has revealed about Himself is He wants to be known. And therefore, yeah. he has made us his witnesses in this world so that we can share um, the glory of this, this wonderful God who loves us so much, right? He wants to be known. So as we celebrate knowing him better, yeah, clearly, yeah, that's going to make him happy that we get excited to know him more and more fully. Well, that's, that's so good, Nick, because it also that also is what ought to empower our evangelism. 
Yeah, but absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes you think like, well, you know, I know that, um, you know, I know that because I did this, you know, my name's in the book and I'm going to have it and I want to pay to do that too. So I guess I got to go out and tell them about it too. Cause I want to, you know, cause I, cause I love them. I mean, again, that's, <laughs> Oh my, that's okay. But it's different than the, the change in my life from knowing Christ today is so powerful you know, that how could I not want other people to experience that kind of joy, that kind right. of peace, that kind of whatever, because apart from this, I know what I, what I've been, I know what I can be when I'm disconnected from Christ. And why would I want that for anybody? Right. You no. Know, so it's not like the other thing isn't there, but it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's just a different, it's a different thing in my, you know, in, in my mind. And I think people pick up on when you're trying to you know, talk them into something that you were told you ought to talk them into versus something that's just naturally comes out. You know, you've, ex you've experienced, you've tasted and seen. Right. Um, so, all right, we should probably wrap up. Um, maybe just we didn't uh, even get to the part that I thought we were going to get to. So, but it is, it's quarter hour or it's 45 well, minutes. So. Um, let's just uh, wrap up with verse 17 um, here. Sure. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, so whatever you say, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, this is one that kind of becomes a throwaway, but it's pretty important, uh, you know, to kind of to kind of think through. And uh, Nick, I think we could just kind of think in terms of this, um, is what whatever we say, God honoring, and is whatever we do, you know, God honoring or, you know, Christ connected to Christ mm. because you can't do it. You can't do it in his name if it's not of him. Right. You can't slander somebody in the name of Christ. I mean, you, you mean people, <laughs> whatever people try people to do it, but you can't, you know, you can't hate somebody in Jesus name. Right. And, and, uh, and, and you are, you know, like it or not, when you're in the Christian community, when you become a follower of Christ, um, you 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 are expected, demanded to take on his image. Yeah. And live your life. That's the transformation that is required of you to take place. And I think that that's in large part what this letter is is all about. From the very beginning, we saw his prayer. You know, we heard about your faith and his prayer is grow, 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 right? Understand the depth of the knowledge of, of, of God's will and how to live a life that pleases him in every way, like uh, you know, to grow to maturity. That's just what he keep he keeps hitting on. That's mm -hmm. you know Paul's heart. That's God. That's God's heart. Because to know, you know, to to claim a certain faith and not have it change your life. That's the whole rotten story, and it's we don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, okay, folks. Uh, see you. See you Tuesday. Maybe we got some more stuff to talk about. Tuesday always goes wherever it's gonna go. So we'll just uh we'll just see. But maybe we'll talk some Nick about um gatherings on Tuesday and kind of some thoughts, you know, if this if this passage ought to shape more than it has what we do when we when we get together. Um yeah. Dan, I'm gonna put a challenge out to anybody listening to this. You know, as you listen to it, um, hopefully you'll be able to just jot down one or two things that you take out of it um, questions or challenges that you have for us and bring that to the Tuesday discussion. Because while I like the free flow of the Tuesday discussion, I really wish it would be more of a reflection of what we 
talked about yeah. this week in scripture. So if right. you're listening to us, you know, just kindly write down a couple of things that you agree with, don't agree with. Um, I love what you just said, you know, maybe talk a little bit about your gathering on Sunday mornings and, and whether it reflects well in this passage of scripture and let's have a t- conversation on Tuesday. I look forward to that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good, folks. We'll see you then. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and uh, have a great day. Take care.